0: Another episode of Awkwardly Cool on a Saturday morning. Hope everybody is doing well. And have to be honest, I did not think I would be recording as of what around one a.m. my time. Uh, the game between the Warriors and the Nuggets just completed, and I gotta say, man. Steph Curry is making the last stretch of this season really, really fun. I mean, really fun. He didn't knock down double digit threes this time, but he scored 32 points on four of nine from the three. I know that the Nuggets don't have Jamal Murray, and so they're not playing as well. And Will Barton also ended up only playing 59 seconds and had to leave the game early, but he is just playing at another level right now. Think about who's on his team besides Draymond with championship experience. And I guess if you want to include Kevon Looney, I mean, Kelly Oubre, Andrew Wiggins, Juan Toscano Anderson, uh, Jordan Poole it's uh, oh man they had another player Michael Mulder come on man Uh, by the way Mulder had 14 points not bad but not bad I am hoping I'm pronouncing his name correctly but they don't have that much I mean Draymond Green had a nice game uh, in typical Draymond fashion two points but 12 rebounds and 19 assists uh, Kelly Oubre had a nice game as well, 23 points. But it has been all about Steph Curry. Steph Curry has just had an incredibly phenomenal season. Uh, there was one play at the end of the game where he was at the left elbow three-point line. It looked like a three initially, but his foot was on the line. But he was fouled on the, on the shot. And the crowd ended up shouting, MVP, MVP. Now, I think Jokic is the MVP, and he gets a lot of disrespect from national media. I mean, Rich Jefferson was making the point as far as saying, yeah, I suppose Jokic is the MVP because he's played a full season compared to Joel Embiid missing 18 games. But he didn't say anything about Jokic having a historical season. Nothing to the fact that the Nuggets have been playing as well as they've been playing this year, the fourth seed. I just thought it was disrespectful to how well Jokic has been playing overall. But I will say in this matchup particularly, uh, Jokic was completely, completely outshined by... (laughs) by the magic of steph curry i mean this is feeling a lot like 2016 where steph curry was a literal cheat code and nobody could do anything to stop him and he is on that planet right now and it's so funny man basketball is such an interesting sport I, I liken it a lot to life where it really isn't about how you start it's an entire journey because to start the season i've re- already believe if i'm remembering this correctly steph curry's three-point shooting started off fairly slow he wasn't doing that much and there were real questions i mean i it, yeah i, I remember because there was discussions going around there were real questions as far as yo is damian lillard better than him Has he declined? I mean, maybe Steph Curry just doesn't have it anymore. We were really having those conversations in hindsight, which look completely ridiculous now when you see the level he's playing at. And there are questions like, even if Klay Thompson does come back, are the words really going to do much? Steph Curry plays to this level, and if Klay Thompson can play at 80% of the level he was at, and Draymond Green continues to play great defense as well, Andrew Wiggins, by the way, has stepped up and uh, stepped up this year and hopefully can continue to level of play next year, or hopefully at least for the Warriors. It'll be good to see. And by the way, I'm not someone who's been a Steph Curry fan, uh, a big fan of LeBron. And unfortunately, LeBron has lost at the hand of Steph Curry more times than I would like. But I have to admit, he is an incredibly fun player. And when he... People say when the Knicks are doing well, it's good for the NBA. But honestly, when star players play well, it's good for the NBA. And when Steph Curry is playing well and think back to 2016 season, it was a high rating for, for the NBA. It's it's just a good thing. And honestly, uh, they're a team that. I don't want to overreact and say, oh, this team is going to be the team to watch in the playoffs They're good. They're good. But, and they have the potential for an upset. But let's slow our rolls. It's a fun story, though. Excuse me. They're playing extremely well. But we'll see what happens. But honestly, just appreciate the ride that we're on seeing Steph Curry perform this well. Because runs like this does not happen do not happen often. And it is honestly really good to see. All right. So before I started this podcast, the topic I thought I was going to discuss first and foremost was the Celtics. But I mean, with how well Steph Curry played in that game and how well he's played, I thought it would it wouldn't be appropriate not to mention how well Steph Curry's played. But I have to admit, uh, the Celtics, notwithstanding this game, by the way, uh, or this past game on Friday against the, the Nets, which they lost. Before that game, I mean, they were eight eight and two in their last ten games, and I guess now you could say that they're seven and three in their last ten, but. They've been playing really well. They've been playing really good basketball with some impressive wins over the Blazers, the Warriors and the Suns. And like I said, we were just talking about how well the Warriors have been playing. They're a good team. And I don't think that they belong in that tier. If we're looking at the Eastern conference, And if I were to put them on a tiers list, if some people may not like to hear this, but the Nets being completely healthy, which seems unlikely to happen this year, we'll see. But if they're completely healthy, I put the Nets on their own tier. They're at the top. Uh, The Bucks and the 76ers make up that second tier and that third tier becomes a little bit more bundled in the Eastern conference. And it's sort of hard to tell who that fourth best team, who do you want to put in there? Do you want to say it's the Celtics? As I mentioned, I would put the Celtics there. I think that they've been playing well. Uh, Kimball Walker had a really good, really good game. Uh, Not, not the nets, not the nets game but the game the game before then. Marcus Smart has been returning to form and has been really good for their defense. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have continued to play phenomenal. They've been a really good team overall. But I wouldn't blame anyone if they wanted to say, hey, what about the Miami Heat? I mean, they're still a threat. As well, even though uh, the Miami Heat just lost to the Hawks, who didn't have Clint Capella, who didn't have Trey Young, the Heat have been on a roller coaster ride of a season, and I honestly don't know what to expect from them. They're a bit like uh, this new Dogecoin phenomenon, where it's going up one day or one hour and then going down the next. I just don't trust it. So it's hard for me to put them at that level. Hawks have been playing really well. Uh, They're mainly beating the teams they're supposed to be. I I don't know if I would consider them. I don't know if they have the same ceiling as a, a Celtics or a Heat would have, but they've been playing well. And so have the Knicks, honestly. The Knicks have been... Doing playing really well, have had a phenomenal season so far. It was interesting. I remember listening to a podcast uh, with Zach Lowe, and I, I guess uh, we'll just start talk, talking about the Knicks now. And I, they were talking about how the Knicks were playing really well, but doing a lot of unsustainable things as, as far as. Um, you know, the three-point three point percentage against them and even just just a lot of things. But I remember the three-point percentage was what stuck out for me, where it's like they were holding teams to a low percentage from three. But it was like, how sustainable is it? And it's lasted through the whole season, lasted well enough for the Knicks to be ranked the fourth best defense in the league. They've been playing really well. Julius Randle was an All Star player this year, completely well deserved, and he's continued to play really well. He's been really impressive. Emmanuel Quigley has been solid as well. It's 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 an interesting team because they don't necessarily have anyone that you would consider to be s- star level defenders. Yet their defense is one of the best in the league. And I got to give credit to Tom Thibodeau. I've given a lot of credit to Frank Vogel and to be completely forthright, I've watched the Lakers a little bit more, but the Knicks are doing really well. Also, uh, Reggie Bullock has been a uh, revelation for them, sorry. Uh, knocking down threes and really helping their three-point percentage the, the past few games. Derrick Rose has been a solid piece. R.J. Barrett has been playing well. Nerlens Noel has been g- good for their defense, or incredibly good for their, their defense. Have Alfred El- Payne there as well. They're a good team. They're a good team. They're a nice, solid team. I now could they Come out of the first round? Yeah, it, it depends. I mean, at this point, I think what they would be playing the Atlanta Hawks if they were to c- come out of the playoffs. Or yeah, if the if the playoffs were to begin at, at the uh, fourth seed, going up to the, going up against the Hawks or the fifth seed, but it's really close in the area with the Celtics slipping up and the Heat as well. I could see it. I could see it. Uh, I mean, I have no idea how the Hawks are. I mean, they're both young teams. Uh, Nate McMillan has bad experience in the playoffs. So has Tom Thibodeau. So they sort of counsel each other out there. Uh, I worry a lot about Trey Young's defense in the playoffs, though I don't know if the Knicks necessarily have anyone that can fully take advantage of that. At this point but it, it it's it they're a good team they're a good team and i haven't really talked about them on the podcast so i i just had to show them some love i just had to show them some love and i also wanted to show some love to the bucks as well they had an impressive win against the 76ers uh the night before and uh They have been a team that's been stepping up. By the way, uh, Drew Holiday has been so good for them. Like, his impact numbers have been good all season. But I I just think he's playing really well overall. And what he's been able to provide for them, it's weird. And um, what's his name? Sean Pelton. Uh, He he was on the podcast with Zach Lowe recently was talking about how they're not doing as well as they have in the in past seasons, at least during the regular season. But that's also been a function of them trying more things with switching and their defense, Just, just just trying to switch things up more so than they have in the past to prepare the team for the playoffs, which I think is incredibly smart by, uh, by, by Mike Budenholzer. And by the way, sorry, I messed up his name earlier, Kevin Pelton. And it, it's, it's just important to mention. It's, it's I'm sorry, losing my train of thoughts, losing my train of thought that, Drew Holiday is such a huge upgrade over someone like Eric Bledsoe. And I know Eric Bledsoe provided some positive contributions for them in past regular seasons, but he was also a huge step down for them once the playoffs started. And having a player like Drew Holiday, not just someone who is solid defensively, like our butts was, though I think that Drew Holiday is actually a more reliable defender, but much better offensively, which is what tends to matter more at the guard position. And he becomes much more of a threat. Now, I mean, the Bucks may end up finishing as the third seed. We'll, we'll see. I mean, they're not that far behind and if they beat the 76ers again on or t- on today the, uh, this Saturday it, then it could make the, it, it could make things interesting at the top of the east where the Bucks could sneak into that second or maybe even that first seed we'll see because as of this recording the Nets have the first seed or yeah, they're they're at the top of the Eastern Conference thus far. But again, it's things are incredibly, incredibly close. So we'll we'll see what happens. By the way, PJ Tucker has been a solid addition and he will continue to allow them to play interesting lineups where he's either at the four or the five with Giannis. The Bucks are going to be they're a dangerous team. I, I would have if the Nets weren't, and honestly, if the Nets weren't in the Eastern Conference, I think I'd be more likely to pick them. So I t- I've said this in previous podcasts. Let me take that back. The Nets, not the Nets, the Bucks and the 76ers are essentially a toss-up. Because you got to remember, even though the Bucks were able to win against the 76ers, the 76ers didn't have Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons has been phenomenal on defense this year and would have made uh, an enormous impact if he was out there on the floor healthy. So these teams are like a toss-up for me. Bucks lost to the Heat last year. There's a chance they could match up against the Heat in the playoffs this year, potentially in the first round. Not sure if the Bucks want that because, like I mentioned, the Heat are inconsistent, but they were fairly inconsistent last year and were able to pick things up in the playoffs. Jimmy Butler has played really well all season long, and we know how dangerous he is in the playoffs. So, yeah, I it 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 would be one of those. It would be one of those things where it, I don't think. The Bucks are asking for that matchup. I don't think they're asking for it. Though I also don't think they're afraid of it as well. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. It's It's been the Eastern Conference has been really interesting. I, I think I want to do a deeper dive on it at some point. So we'll see. We'll see. And last topic, wanted to talk about AD's return to the Lakers. Uh, AD was able to make, Anthony Davis was able to make his return after missing months of the season against the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Didn't do, stat-wise, he was only able to play, what, up to 17 minutes, only played in the first half, what, four points, four rebounds. Lakers ended up losing to the Dallas Mavericks. But most important thing for him at this point, was that he wasn't injured and he didn't look like he was laboring. It was, it was looking like he was winded at different points, but, I mean, it's his first game back in a while. So, of course, uh, it's going to take him some time to get back into NBA game conditioning, which is really hard to do outside or really hard to get outside of games. I thought he was solid. I thought he looked solid next to Andre Drummond. Lakers' defense looked as good as ever. I thought he showed flashes of how well you play. He wasn't playing as well defensively as I know he's capable of. But overall, he was solid. He was solid, and it's it's going to be interesting because I this Lakers team won't have too much time together and with Andre Drummond in the fold and I mean Montrez uh, Harrell has been the, there as well it's Dennis Dennis Schroeder of course they, they added a lot of new additions this offseason and of course the big acquisition in the middle of the season with Andre Drummond and I'm interested to see interested in seeing how those two play together and they don't have that much time in the season to really form or improve their chemistry because uh there's not that many games and i'm also interested to see how lebron james looks as well LeBron James, of course, one of the smartest players, if not the smartest player in the league, he's going to figure things out. But again, it's just not, he just hasn't had much time with the group. And that adds another level of difficulty to making things as, to playing as well as the team could be. Now, I think it's also important to remember their first round matchup is just not going to be as talented as them. And the thing with the Lakers is even with their star players being out, AD and LeBron, they still had the first ranked defense in the league. I mentioned this, I've mentioned this previous podcast, so I don't want to belabor the point, but you're adding LeBron and AD to the fold. There's no, the only team in the West, the only team in the West that has even a snowball's chance at matching just their level of talent and being able to stick with it is the Los Angeles Clippers with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And do I want to put playoff Rondo in there? Do I sound ridiculous for putting playoff Rondo in there? I think I'm going to put playoff Rondo in there. they're a talented team, but by the way, uh, sort of, kind of quietly, the Clippers are nine and one in their last ten games. Uh, even with Kawhi Leonard being out, they've been playing really well, and not surprisingly, like most teams in the league, it seems like the star players out. Though some good news on the back end, as far as uh, for some other teams, Hornets are apparently supposed to have a metal Ball but coming back soon uh jaron jackson jr has been able to come been able to come back with the grizzlies and has played pretty well and lebron i think should be coming back next week and if he doesn't come back by next week it will, i don't think it'll be later than the week after next week but i am pretty sure he he should be coming back next week at some point and it'll just be good to see Everyone healthy again. Oh, yeah. I also think uh, for Kevin Durant, he was out, by the way, against the Celtics uh, this past Friday. There's a chance he may come back this weekend, but I'm sure if not, he'll come back in next week. James Harden, it's a little bit more questionable. He may not come back until closer to the playoffs. We'll see. But it will be good to see players, star players, coming back healthy and on the court and yeah uh shout out to people like steph curry because yeah he has made this season incredibly interesting incredibly interesting looking forward to more basketball appreciate you guys for joining the pod hope you guys have a phenomenal rest of your day Take care. Peace.